This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. What's poppin' y'all? I'm Zoe, and welcome to episode three of Culture Jam. On the podcast right now, we have, we're going to have a little bit of a format change, not really a format change, but like a personnel change on the show. I made those first couple of episodes with my dear co-host, Reed Taylor, but he sadly had to step away from the project. So from now on, y'all will still be stuck hearing my voice every time, but I will also be having a different guest host on each episode which I'm excited for. I think it'll be fun to have some friends, some foes, some acquaintances on the show. Uh, today, I have my mortal enemy here with me, yeah. but, <laughs> but actually she's a really good friend of mine. Her name is Jada Mack. She is a freshman media arts major here at the University hey, of South Carolina. <laughs> and she's hey. pretty dope. So welcome yeah. to the show, Jada. Thank you so much for having me, for real. This is cool. Oh. <laughs> of course. Thank you for coming on. Today we're going to be focusing on Halsey and especially her latest album, Manic. And we're going to be talking a little bit about how she represents herself as a bisexual, bipolar, biracial woman, all the bi's. But we'll be especially focusing on those, uh, those first two in the context of like representing mental health and sexuality and music. And then in the second part of the show today, I have an exclusive interview coming up with a musician from right here in Columbia who goes right here to U of SC and he performs under the name of Barely. So stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime though, what are you listening to this week, Jada? Yeah, so I've been listening to Haley Williams. She was with Paramore and she just released a new album called Flowers for Grave for the grave, I think, and it's so good. It's really sad, but it's really good. I've also been listening to Hobo Johnson. I've been listening to a lot of Frank Ocean, his album Channel Orange and Blonde, so good. Um, yeah, so I've been, I, I listen to so much different, it's crazy, so. I'm not gonna lie, I've been a little bit basic because after the, watching the halftime show at the Super Bowl, I've been listening to a lot of The weekend. <laughs> I really like that song, Save Your Tears. I've been listening to that like on repeat for a while, but um, it's funny cause like The Weeknd, he always has like a couple of good songs out at a time. It's like, he's always, I'm always kind of aware of him, but like, I don't listen to him that much, but it was funny. Like I was looking at his greatest hits or like whatever. He has so many good songs that came out in the last like however many years. So just like listening to that has brought me back to like my high school years and like stuff. So that's been kind of cool. I totally feel that. We were watching the Super Bowl. We were listening to him and we were just singing like every song and it brought me back to high school too. Yeah, because when he first like was about to perform, my friend was like, uh, he only has like one good song. And I was like, I feel like that's not true. And then like, as he was performing, everybody was like, oh, I do know this song. Like, oh, I do remember this song. And it's funny, especially like, uh, I think his first like big one, at least that I remember was I Can't Feel My Face. Okay. And so when that came on, I was like, ah, memories, like, it was so cool. <laughs> And I've also been listening to this guy called Pink Sweats. I really like him. He has a lot of like cute little like love songs. That was kind of fitting because it's Valentine's week and love is in the air, whatever, I guess. I don't know, but he's, been, he's cool. That's what I've been listening to. But yeah, so 
today we're talking about Halsey and I know you're quite a Halsey fan Jada do you want to give me like a, a top three songs um yeah so I think my top top like my first song that I love by her is called Roman Holiday it was on her Badlands album um my second favorite song by her is Gasoline which is also her Badlands album and my third song by her is what we're going to be talking about which is on her Manic album and it's called 929 929 school wasn't it like she was born at 929 on 929 or something like that yeah but at the end of the song she said I was actually born not on like I was born on 929 but at the time I was born at 926 not 929 oh that's a little less cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny though (laughs) I like her whole manic album it is a good album I was supposed to see her perform it live like last summer and then COVID or whatever so yeah, I just got the uh, notice that it was post. No, it was actually finally canceled because it was postponed to this summer. I miss live music a lot, but oh well. All right, so Halsey, I I really love her Manic album. That was her most recent one, and I think it came out 2020. It was just last year. And I really like it because it's like, I feel like it's a lot different than her first two because her first two were a very like, kind of conceptual and like if you listen to a lot of the songs they're sort of like fictional and like very dramatic but when Manic came out I listened to it and it feels like you can tell it's much more personal to her it's like really intimate and like honest and I really I really connected with it I think a lot more than the first two. Oh yeah like for sure I remember hearing it like the first song as soon as it came on I was just like what is this like because I wasn't she's even described it herself as like this being like her album as Ashley not Halsey. Yeah, like you said, like she said that like her last couple albums were kind of under the persona of Halsey, but this one was, it was written as Ashley. And she also said, I think that this was the first album that she wrote like at, like during a Manic episode of her Bipolar, which is why it's called Manic. And like her last couple of albums were usually like during depressive episodes. So I think it's like a very noticeable difference in her songwriting. And like you can tell in her headspace that that's reflected a lot. And this album, just in general, it shows a lot about like her her mental health, which I thought was really cool because she's talked about it a lot in the past in like interviews and stuff, but it wasn't necessarily like super blatant in her music. But in this album, like she really was like super open about it and like talking about her experiences in her life with it. Yeah, something I like took away from it a lot because like I just like love watching like interviews and stuff something that she said that like stuck with me was everyone was expecting her manic album to sound kind of like one of her songs called nightmare in a way that it was just really like it was really loud and like she she was very like she was just super strong and vocal and it was a, nightmare is a great song I love that song by her and everyone is expecting it to be like that since it was called manic because everyone has this perception that especially like with bipolar disorder, when people get in manic episodes, they get like mad or like just super agitated and all this stuff. But with this album, she wanted to show people that man- being manic and being in that state of feeling manic, it's like you feel all kinds of things. And it's not just feeling mad or super sad. Like sometimes you feel, you do feel happy and sometimes you feel calm and sometimes you do get mad at stuff. So I thought that was really important. Yeah, definitely. I feel like bipolar, it's something that is just really like not widely understood like and it's not super represented in music like I feel like in music a lot you hear about like you hear about like depression and sadness and that kind of thing a fair bit because it's a little more common 
as someone that like does have a little bit of my own experience with that there especially one line that kind of stuck out to me was in her song clementine and when she says um because in my world i'm constantly constantly having a breakthrough or a breakdown or a blackout would you make out with me under the shelter of the balcony because i don't need anyone i don't need anyone i need everyone and then some which like sounds like a pretty simple lyric and like it is and i think a lot of people could like listen to that and be like yeah same but also like in the context like of her mental health i think it's a really cool line because it shows like so plainly and sort of like almost jokingly like kind of like the ups and downs because that is a big thing with bipolar where like there are a lot of like really low lows but there's also like a lot of really high highs I think in this album, she definitely, it's kind of like a, like almost like a love letter. It feels like to like her, her bipolar and like her manic state. I think it's just also like her doing this album. It just, it's all, it's like a safety net for her fan base as well, for the people going through bipolar disorder, or even like just how open and loving she is with her sexuality and all this stuff. Like, it's just like, that's why she just has this huge fan base to begin with. And it's continued to grow because like she's being real and she's being honest about it. Like she's not trying to shy away from it or kind of like trying to make it look, well, actually, I don't want to say like make it look better than it is, but she's just trying to make it, make people who do have this disorder, make it seem bearable in a way. Like they can live with it and they're, they're going to be just fine at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And I like that she with like being bisexual and being bipolar, those aren't things that are like really commonly like um, represented or like accepted as much, but she's always been so open about it and like been like held those things really like strongly and like her identity and her personality. And like, I know like with bipolar, there aren't, I don't know, there aren't like a lot of celebrities that'll come out and be like, yeah, I'm bipolar. This is what it's like. This is what I live with. And so a lot of like the public doesn't really understand it and then whenever it is kind of in the spotlight it's not really for a good reason like I feel like a lot of the times when something like in the news comes out with like a celebrity with bipolar it's something crazy like Kanye with his whole like episode like running for president and saying these ridiculous things and like having a public breakdown and that definitely is part of it you know obviously mental illness those things happen but there's also like other sides of it. And I like that Halsey is very open about like the ups and the downs and all the in-betweens. Yeah, speaking of like, I know you just like mentioned Kanye. I remember when like all that stuff happened and he had his rally and stuff and people were starting to like bash him or make fun of him in like that social media spotlight. But I do remember like going on Twitter and like just seeing how honest and upfront she was, even if her fans like were some of the people who were on that train of like making fun of Kanye, she was like, look, this is not something to laugh about. Like, this is, you know, like she was like basically defending him, like, because he's he has bipolar disorder and she's, she's just basically saying like, that's nothing to make fun of somebody for. And so I think just being like even vocal about that, even if it meant like she thought that people were taking her maybe too seriously or whatever, I think that's just super important. And I respect that. Yeah, she's definitely very, like, straightforward in who she is, and, like, she doesn't feel like she has to hide, like, all these different aspects of herself. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes with, like, her sexuality as well, because I feel like, like, being bisexual can have a lot of sort of negative connotations, like, in people's mind. Even sometimes people might think that, like, bi men are just gay that don't 
or just gay men that don't want to admit that they're fully gay or like bi women are just promiscuous and want to sleep with everyone or you know maybe they're just be trying to be trendy or quirky or something like that so it is kind of difficult to like present yourself that way and be taken seriously but she's always been super like super I am bisexual and this is me and like deal with it <laughs> oh yeah yeah well Hansi sexuality I feel like that's something personally that like kind of like led me to her even more just because of like how open and supportive she was and just how like loving she was with it and also I remember like hearing her song Strangers um with Lauren Hareggy from well it used to be Fifth Harmony and just like and I remember going to her concert later on for Hopeless Fountain Kingdom and like the amount of when that song came on just the amount of people who were like hugging their significant other and the amount of pride flags and just the amount of love that was in there was like unbelievable and I think that's something so special that she presents so yeah definitely I saw something about um she's kind of famous or almost even infamous for like at her concerts especially like when she was first coming out for like making out with like her young like kind of female fans <laughs> and there were a couple times where like the fans were like a little bit young and people were like oh that's kind of sus but like uh one of the girls that was a teenager and she like made out with Halsey she was like it was my first kiss and it really helped me like come to terms with like the fact that I'm a lesbian and like it was really awesome and so I like that Halsey's kind of known for those things and just she doesn't just like talk the talk like she can talk about it in her music and she can talk about it in interviews but she also like actively like in her shows and when she meets people like goes out of her way to like try to help people come to terms with those things and like feel comfortable with themselves and I feel like that is why she has such like a strong like dedicated fan base do you want to talk about what was that song you were saying the other day oh Alanis's inter- interlude all I really have to say about Alanis's interlude is it's just a bisexual anthem and <laughs> <laughs> it really is. yeah all I remember when everyone heard that song with her album drop, like everyone was like talking about that, especially a part of her fan base. And when I listened to it, I was like, oh, Halsey's getting bold because like <laughs> that song, like, <laughs> it's so good, but it's also like the type of song where like, if someone else, like let's say like someone who is straight and who is very kind of like not really up to date, they would, I feel like that would make people mad, you know? It was, I yeah. Feel like, and but at the same time it was just in my opinion it's like such a powerful song and statement especially the bisexual community yeah I saw something that uh it's a play on a John Mayer song I think it's called um your body is a wonderland mm-hmm. and so they took that and they turned it into your pussy is a wonderland and then so they have these two women sing it I think it's funny because John Mayer is very like like straight man like kind of mm-hmm kind of I don't know that kind of thing and so they took that and then like spun it around into this sort of like ode to you know women who love women and so I thought that was really sort of like empowering the way that they did that yeah I don't even think I knew that 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 makes it like 10 times greater (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think it's cool I think it's important to have songs like that because a lot of the times when you do like there are songs that come out um about like by people a lot of the times it's not even really like by people who they're not like songs made by people who are actually by it's songs made by like straight men or like whoever that are kind of just like fetishizing like queer women and it's like creepy like there's songs like um I think both ways by Liam Payne 
or Girls, Girls, Boys by Panic at the Disco. And like, as much as I love Panic at the Disco, like both of those songs, like the singers were like, yeah, it's about threesomes and stuff. And it's like, that is not all that <laughs> bi people <laughs> represent. Like, And so it's kind of shitty. So it's like, it's shitty because like at first it is nice like for bi people to like be able to hear those songs and be like, oh yeah, like this is about me. Then yeah. you really listen to it and it's like, this is just kind of like fetishy and creepy yeah. and I don't like this. I want to wanted to point something out about her sexuality because well I got her book and it was called I Would Leave Me If I Could and I feel like it's involving like every kind of facet of her life when she was a kid and things she went through it's very powerful poetry and it's super good and sometimes it'll leave you wondering like what did she just say throughout the poetry when I was like reading it was very interesting to hear some of the things that she even like has to go through like first off like as a bisexual something that I feel like a lot of people that a lot of things that happen to bisexual women in general is like just that feeling of feeling like you're being stripped away of that identity because like let's say like you just date a lot of guys rather than women so people just kind of like want to place you as a straight woman you know what I mean yeah see you like date like a lot of girls or whatever something that's something that she talked about kind of in her poem only but she just says how complicated women and girls are more than men and I think that's completely valid and I, I feel like that's just so for her to be honest and strip that down to us and say how like she's been like um, invalidated in her sexuality by other people but also sometimes in her mind like things do get complicated within her sexuality and I think that was very important just to hear because like I think a lot of people kind of go through that feeling of being invalidated by others just because they don't fit the mold of one type of sexuality when it's just so like fluid and it's, it's so much more to it yeah definitely I saw something similar that she was talking about yeah, a couple of years ago she was reacting to a BuzzFeed article yeah. about how they were kind of really over analyzing her sexuality and how like I think the article was about like whether or not she's like a proper queer icon or something yeah. like something stupid like that and it was all it was kind of touching on how like oh she always like plays into her like sexual yeah sexual image with men and she dates a lot of men and this and that and it's like does she really represent whatever and it's like that's so ridiculous that like (laughs) you have to and it's ridiculous that she has to like clap back at that and like she has to prove herself be like oh yes I am really bisexual I do actually like women I do actually like men Mm -hmm. and just like ridiculous things like that so yeah so when I like was like reading a little bit of that because I think there was a couple poems on that subject it just kind of like tapped into like how this like multi-million um like celebrity also goes through personal things and kind of like struggles just like the rest of us as far as our like sexuality our individuality and all that stuff so that really opened my eyes to that so yeah and you can tell she's very good at like I don't like when people say things like that it's like it's infuriating because it's like I don't have to like prove myself and she's good about being like yeah I don't have to prove myself but also I will kind of like explain not because you're questioning me but because I want to like share that piece of myself with like my fans and stuff like you were talking about how she was talking about um like women are more complicated and this is how I feel about this and that and so I feel like she draws a good line between like I don't have to defend myself all the time and like I don't have to prove my sexuality and like who I am to you 
but also like I am very open and like explaining how I do feel uh, when I want to on my terms. I feel like, well, I guess this is kind of just explaining how like I got into her music in a way. I, th I just remember like going on YouTube like multiple times and I would see uh, her song Colors pop up for her. Yeah. Yeah, Colors. But I never clicked on it because I didn't know who that was. I was just like, I'm not really interested. So then I saw it like again and I clicked on it. I was like oh this is pretty good and so then I watched the interview I heard she's like she's pretty out there I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like how I like started and now I'm just like low-key obsessed but like at the same time I just I, like we already talked about I just love how raw and genuine and every just everything about what she stands for and everything like that I think how I first got into her, I heard her song. It was when New Americana had first come out and it was like really popular. And I was like, what is this song? Like, what's going on? I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. <laughs> and I really liked it. And I remember listening to like the Badlands album in like eighth and ninth grade and thinking I was like so edgy or whatever. But I really liked that song. I think um, personally, I related to it and her like quickly because she is like, biracial and I am too and so she kind of talks about that a little bit yeah. and I know and I like how she I like the way that she talks about it because like I know in New Americana mm -hmm. she meant she, one of the lines is like raised on Biggie and Nirvana and that's um when I heard that I was like yeah whatever like I didn't know who she was but like she's like talked about it like other times and how like she grew up in like a biracial household and so she got this certain things from her you know her white mom and then her black dad and so I think that's cool. And I think I've also seen things with like kind of things in the media with her similar to like her sexuality is like people kind of questioning like her race. I think that's something that comes up when you're biracial, when you're bi anything really apparently. <laughs> like, I think that's something that, I think that's something that, uh, I think she's a really interesting figure because she does kind of represent all those bi things and how like it is, it can be really difficult to like find your identity within those things and like be able to present yourself to the world that way and be accepted like properly. I like how you mentioned her also her being biracial and how she's even kind of had to like not prove that she was biracial but just kind of be like this is who I am you know because I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people strip that away from her too. Just definitely yeah and especially because she is a little more like white passing than like some people but I think that she is very like she's very straightforward about that like she knows she's like I know that I look a certain way I know that like people don't always like see the black like when they look at me and I don't necessarily like experience the same things as everyone and so like I'll acknowledge that um and like that I have a certain privilege but also like it is still a part of my identity and that's who I am and that's it's always going to be who I am Another, I guess, one of my favorite songs by her, Nightmare. One of the lines is like, come on, little lady, give us a smile. No, I ain't got nothing to smile about. And it's kind of just talking about how, like, a lot of men, whether it's, like, with catcalling or just, like, a lot these days, everyone expects women to just, like, smile or put on a happy face. That's something I, I really related to. And I don't know, I feel like every song that I've like listened to her but by her, it just made me like kind of become more and more of a fan. And that was like one of them, just like 
I don't know. It was just really eye-opening to me, so. Yeah, definitely. I think she's really badass in the way that she, like, she, she calls out all those things because, like, it is, you know, there are, it is hard to be a woman. It is hard to be yeah. queer. It's hard to be a person of color. It's hard to be a mixed person of color it's you know it's hard it's hard to have a mental illness obviously and all these things and she and she will call people out when they're like making it difficult for her for like no reason she also doesn't act like i know she's never gonna be like poor me like i have bipolar like oh it's so hard to be a woman like i'm so sad and everything sucks like she talks about like the dark sides of these Mm -hmm. things but she also like uses it to be uh to empower herself and to empower other people especially I like how she goes out of her way to empower her fans and make them feel comfortable and like uh try to help people embrace those sides of themselves because you know obviously it's been hard for her to embrace those parts of herself that she has and you know she still is and it's always a process but she's super strong and sort of (laughs) (laughs) inspiring in that way okay like we well she is pregnant Oh, that was that was even another thing. That was another is thing. Her, she has a lot of things going on. It was her struggles with her fertility. Oh my gosh, yeah. That that's a whole because like I remember this. There's a YouTube video of her performing some of her songs from Badlands, and I remember before I knew that like anything had like happened. There is, uh, I was like looking. I was like something is off. Like she kind of like just looked pale in the face, like kind of like very honestly like she wasn't there in a way like it was just she was still performing like crazy but like she she mentally and emotionally was not there and then I found out like a year or two later from like reading an article that like she had had a miscarriage that same night but still wanted to perform ever since then I was like my jaw dropped after hearing that I was just like when I heard her song called more um, on her manic album that was like a song to her future baby because like she, she's just had so much she's just never known she would be able to have kids but she found out she would be able to hence why she's pregnant but <laughs> even hearing that song and like how rhythmically and just like hearing the sound choices in there it's just unbelievable like you can hear the sound of um a baby crying kind of like in the background you can hear is so much the ultrasound machine kind of in the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, her problems with her fertility also goes back a little bit to uh, the pressures of like being a woman. Oh, yeah. And I was reading her talking about it and just hearing like women in general talking about their issues with, you know, becoming pregnant and having children. It can be really painful because you feel like as a woman, like that's what you're like meant to do is to carry a baby and to give birth and have children. And mm-hmm. so when either you don't want to do that or you physically don't have the power to do that it can be really it can feel really like dehumanizing because people make you feel like you know you're less than for that reason and I imagine it was really difficult for her to go through for you know years and to finally be able to must be nice um but it's so dope that like she even through like those insecurities that she had about it she still always has been very like confident publicly at least confident in like her being a woman and being a sexual being and all these things so I think it says a lot about how people 
go through so many things in the background, so many pressures and so many insecurities and still like are able to put up that powerful front. And she's very good at it. Even the, the form she uses to convey how she's feeling, like she doesn't just do music, she also like paints and she's now acting and she just does like all this stuff to help even convey that through her art and stuff, which is a lot, but it's incredible at the same time, so. Yeah, I think she's cool as hell. I really like her. I've always really, I kind of fall in and out of like listening to her music a lot, but she definitely is a person I've always like been able to relate to really strongly more than some other like celebrities and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think she's, I think she's a really important figure, especially like for the, you know, the generation that's coming up right now. Yeah. All right. Well, this was really nice talking about Halsey and everything. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jada. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure for sure. All right, y'all. Coming up next, I have an exclusive interview with local Columbia artist Bear Lay. In the meantime, here is a clip from his latest single, Peregrine. Stay tuned. Evergreen falcon dive across the mountain range Curling its wings and spun into garfoon faster than their pain And I was climbing a rocky path Making my way to Welcome back y'all, I'm Zoe and you're listening to Culture Jam. I have with me here today local Columbia artist Fairley. Fairley is a senior here at the University of South Carolina released his latest single, Peregrine, last year in December 2020, and that's available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that fun stuff. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I uh, did some gardening this morning, so it was a good start to the day. (laughs) Very nice. What have you been listening to lately? Oh, man. A lot of Father John Misty. I've recently uh, really just been like diving into him and becoming a little obsessed. Um, <laughs> and then I just started listening to this one band a lot, Girlpool. Uh, they're really good. Um, who else? Who else? Oh, the Avalanches. Just started getting into the Avalanches. Insomnia. A bunch of, bunch of kind of sad stuff. But um, you know, I've been kind of on like an a psychedelic alternative. <laughs> post-rock kind of bend um that's yeah except uh maggie rogers also just released her new album and that has been really nice uh so obviously you're based in columbia right now but where are you originally from originally i'm from long island uh, new york i came down here for school and my parents um were actually moving uh down south at the same time so uh we've moved about like four years ago that's dope uh were you ever involved in like the music scene in Long Island or was that something more yeah, recently? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, I played in a hardcore band uh, throughout high school. We were called Bedmakers. Um, I was the bassist. We, we played a bunch at the, you know, local bars and stuff like that. But uh, the, you know, place called uh, Amityville Music Hall in Long Island. It's a really cool venue. We played there uh, once or twice. And I was just, uh, going to a lot of shows. When I was on Long Island, I was going to shows at least once a week, sometimes twice, um, just really supporting local music and finding new artists and 
obsessing over all the local bands. Uh, would you say like the scene, the music scene out there is much different than it is Columbia? Do you like feel more sure. at home in one or the other? It, it definitely is very different. I mean, it, especially um, on Long Island, there's a really big hardcore scene there. Um, a lot of people are more into like the emo, post-rock, um, punk, pop punk. And there's definitely a lot more people in the scene and there's a lot more opportunities in terms of like right next to New York City. So like there's always shows, there's always new bands like um, Columbia is a little more chill. You know, a lot of people, even even like the slightly emo acts, you can still um, feel some like bluegrassy countryness to them. I would even say that the scene has definitely influenced my music for sure. Um, and I'd say the scene here is definitely more tight scene, a, a tight, um, tight knit, you know, a lot of people know each other, um, but there's a lot of similarities, you know, like I, the new Brooklyn Tavern, which I play out a lot, just feels a lot like Amityville Music Hall, which is where I grew up going to shows. That's dope. How would you, uh, you said you played in a hardcore band before and you listened to a lot of psychedelic alternative. When you're making music as Berlay, how would you describe the sound? Like what kind of genre are you going for? Berlay is, very like indie acoustic um folk some you know it it really is still um kind of forming too because i'm adding you know more people to the act so it's getting some of its form from like who's getting added um it looks like we're, we're moving a little bit towards like some sort of indie emo bluegrass type vibe <laughs> Um, but a lot, I mean, the most important thing for me is that it's like very introspective and it's going to be sad probably. So. Yeah, it's definitely like, it's very sort of enchanting to me. Like when I listen to the songs, I totally just kind of like zone out and it's just very like vibey, just interesting. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, who do you, is there any like artists that you look to a lot to sort of emulate their sound or has influenced you a lot in your music? Yeah, I mean, um, Bibi Bridgers is my absolute favorite artist of all time. Like I, she's incredible. Um, I definitely got a lot of inspiration from her and this band, uh, Foxing, who's been also like my favorite band for a while. And as I said, I've been listening to a lot of Father John Misty. And I think that's been influencing me a good bit. Um, I, I listen to just a lot of different artists, so it's kind of hard. You know, I feel like I try to pull from a lot, um, pull from everybody kind of. I really like Neutral Milk Hotel and like, Bright Eyes, um, but I also like, you know, Dr. Dog and Thundercat and jazz and all sorts of stuff. But Berlay seems to be more influenced by, you know, the more like indie, um, sad people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you said you like to be, uh, introspective and you know the music for ballet is there anything like in your life that you draw like the most sort of lyrical inspiration from something that like you think about a lot or is it just kind of whatever a lot of it has to do with um kind of equating my relationship with the outdoors to my relationship with other people uh, i found that a lot of my songs tend to have aspects of both in them and where they kind of are um, shown as comparisons. 
So a lot of it comes from, yeah, just like my relationships with my friends, significant others, and then also just my, you know, admiration and love for um, going outside, <laughs> spending time in nature. Is that kind of where the name came from, Bear Lake? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it was also like, at first, I mean, I really love bears and I, and I wanted a stage name. And at first I was like, oh, Bearly has the word bear in it if you mess it up a little bit. And it sounds really like emo. And then I was like, oh, but a real stage name should be two things. And it's like a first <laughs> last name. And I thought it'd be a little quirky. So I was like, bear lay. <laughs> kind of quirky, kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned you've been playing at the New Brooklyn Tavern. You've been headlining recently. Um, what is it like to kind of be making a name for yourself and like the local scene? How does that feel? Um, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, I've met so many people in the local scene. I've been, you know, I've been playing at New Brooklyn for probably like four years now, but I only really just started to actually try to make a name for myself and uh, try to get like something real established. So it's been really cool to see other people's reactions to that. And um, hopefully I'll get to, you know, work with some other people in the scene. There's a lot of really good musicians here, uh, but, you know, they've opened up a lot of doors for me and given me a lot of opportunities. So that's been really cool. You said you've been performing a long time, but obviously in the last year with COVID and stuff, that kind of has like changed things. What has that been like trying to establish yourself as like a live performing artist when, you know, there's a pandemic going on? Yeah, well, so I didn't perform during, for a long time. Like I took a big break during the pandemic. Um, and then I just, and then I started going back like a few months ago to do, um, uh, well, I guess just at the beginning of the semester, I started going back to do like the open mics. And so it actually just took a really long time for me to get back into the swing of playing shows at all. Um, I, it's just, it's like a whole, you can, you can practice all you want at home, but playing, playing a show is just actually like essential to being actually good at playing shows. So, I mean, COVID has, I get made it one, it's, it's harder, it's just that much harder one to get people to come out to shows. It's also, it's also weird in the aspect of, for that show that I headlined at New Brooklyn Tavern, we reached capacity, but it wasn't really that many people there. You know what I mean? Like, because we have to have such a low capacity. But I mean, I'm just really looking to at least get myself moving enough you know get enough momentum so that when shows are back to normal hopefully i will um really be able to you know capitalize on that and hit the ground running uh you've talked a lot about or you've mentioned how like uh connecting with other artists in the scene and working with other people has had an influence on you do you want to tell me a little bit about um the valley bear collective and what that is and kind of how that came to be Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have a lot of, I grew up with friends who were musicians. Um, and when I came here, it was kind of strange not being in that same group, that same environment. Um, and so I really, it took a long time for me to actually find those types of people here. And a lot of my, it, a lot of it honestly ended up just being like my friends deciding that they were more interested in music than they originally thought they were. And so I've just got so many friends who are very talented artists and musicians uh, like my one friend Sanchez Goodjoin and my other friend Tyler and Liam and so we've got we've got a bunch of people and a bunch of physical artists too involved um, so it's basically was just a 
desire to um, kind of cross promote each other and help each other out and basically be like a cohesive brand to kind of market ourselves. Right now it's officially uh, as people who are like in the collective, it's me, like Bear Lay, Sanchez Goodjoin, Liam Kars, uh, Riley Lever, she does um, physical art and crafts and stuff like that. And then Carrie Corcoran does digital art. And we've been going to some craft fairs and just trying to, you know, gauge and see what people are interested in. But a lot of it is just, you know, trying to test out and see how we can be beneficial to each other. And um, eventually, you know, it's going to turn into a more structured type of uh, artistry label slash um, record label type deal. How does collaborating with other people like that kind of uh, affect like your personal like creative process and shape like working with other musicians does it shape like your own sound you kind of adjust to who you're working with and stuff like that yes i mean i've definitely learned a lot about like producing and mixing from other people and also just i've gotten a lot of motivation i think that's the biggest thing like motivation for an artist is literally the thing that drives everything it, it's like how much work you put in is how much how much you get out of being an artist so it's taken it's that's what the biggest thing that i've honestly drawn from other people is uh, but other than that i mean i am really excited to be working with really cool like physical artists who are making really cool um collaborative like merchandise for barelay and things like that um but I mean, my sound is always, I feel like a musician's personal sound is always getting influenced by everything that they're listening to and everybody around them. And so I think that it's just ends up being a big melting pot of all that. You know, obviously you moved out here for school, you go to USC and you're kind of nearing the end of your time here. What are your, do you have plans after graduation? Do you know like what career you want to go into? Is music going to be a focus or is that kind of something on the side or how does that fit into your future? Right. So I have, um, you know, I have a lot of plans, but who knows what will actually happen. Um, I certainly want to keep playing music forever and I want to try to make some sort of um, aspect of my career out of like my music and my musical personas. But big picture, uh, for Valley Bear Collective actually kind of exists as a subsidiary of a larger project, which is going to be Valley Bear Farms, um, which is basically going to be a permaculture farm out in the mountains in North Carolina, where we have like a recording studio and um, working in ecotourism and agrotourism and all sorts of different aspects of it. I could go on and on, but that's really the big plan right now, you know, to be a farmer musician boy. I love that. That's really cool, actually. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really nice to talk to you, and I'm excited to see what you do in the future as a farmer musician boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening in. I'll catch you next time. I'm Zoe, and this was Culture Jam. 